When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast. I am Dax Holt, joined by Adam Glenn out in New York. How are you? Dax, I am good. You want to know why I'm good, my friend? Why are you good? Because we got a really good podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, before we get started, can I just, I want to give a thank you to all the people that have been leaving reviews and five stars on our podcast, because we've asked over and over again, begging, because we are slowly climbing the iTunes charts, and I'm really freaking excited about it so i just wanted to say big shout out thank you guys i do go on there i do read all of your reviews so just it really does mean a lot to us when we see people enjoying our podcast and listening to what we have to say and liking the guests that we have so thank you and please if you haven't left us a review please do because it really does help our our ranking on the podcast charts and we're we're doing really well we're doing really well <laughs> really well thank you for the support like it subscribe hopefully give us a five-star review and give us a a good review because it really does help us out uh and uh again just thank you for listening because we're doing numbers wise it's just been growing and growing and growing and we're doing we're number one in some countries we're in the top three in the u.s and the entertainment news so we're crushing it and actually today we're giving you a really good podcast. Today we're going after someone who's been in the news a lot. Someone yeah, you who's know, fascinating. We we were talking about him the other day because I think it was when he got his face tattoo. And I think we were talking about it and trying to figure out like why does it why does someone do this? Was it for attention? Was it for just to be different? Like what what exactly goes into the process of I'm going to get a giant face tattoo? And I think that's what we were talking about. And then it comes out that his girlfriend is potentially pregnant, and then they're broken up. And like, there's just so many stories gone in the news about Mr. Aaron Carter. So we figured, why not? Let's reach out and try to get him. Adam, you were able to get a hold of him. And here's in, like I said, Aaron was super cool on the phone. So Aaron is on the podcast today. Aaron, what's up, man? How are you? What's up, guys? <laughs> what's up, dude? I am. I am so excited right now, dude. Uh, this is Adam and I have been talking about this interview. Uh, we're, we're jacked. We're, we're big fans. We, I, I mean, shit. We, both of us working in the entertainment world for so long, I feel like we have kind of grown up with you and talked about you for ages. So it's really cool that you are now joining us on our podcast. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah, thanks for having it's me. It's cool. Yeah, you're definitely part of our childhood, a part of our careers. I mean, you know, when I was, you know, I'm a few years older than you, but, you know, obviously I know from your music, you know, a platinum artists, I mean, multi-platinum selling artists, you know, then seeing you as an actor and just seeing your transition over your life, it's kind of cool to, to do that. And the thing I respect about most is, you know, a lot of times we have people come on the podcast and they're, look at that, showing off the albums. Look at that wall of fame. I love He's it. Got, for people that are just listening right now, Aaron just uh, moved his camera so we could see I, all of it. I have like showed, I I showed you 35 million sales. That's 35 million on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
and was that on the ground and I got to hang up other ones. It's just sometimes a Wait, tacky like, to have go back over there. Let me see. Sometimes it's a little too tacky that. to have all your walls look like this, but uh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> I, I think it's cool, dude. I'd, I'd have that shit up too. It's like my, it's like my baseball trophies, you know, I think it looks cool, <laughs> but you know, I did kick some ass, so. No, it, it's so cool. I know the cool part about having you on is it's refreshing to have someone like you because when you do interviews with a lot of people, especially when you do a publicist, first of all, we're dealing directly with Aaron when it came down to this interview. But then also a lot of times when there's interviews, a lot of times, especially when you do a publicist, they're going to say, don't ask about this. Don't ask about that. Ask me about that, this. But Aaron has been so cool and so real and said, listen, I'm, a open, I'm an open page. Ask me whatever you want. I'm free to talk about anything. So thank you for being so honest, and I appreciate that. And it's just very refreshing for us as interviewers and as journalists to have someone who's just open about that. So thank you for that, man. I, I really do appreciate that. Yeah, no no, no problem. I, and, you know, I think uh, I, I think I set the bar for other people too because they, they, they start to realize that, you know, when they're just trying to paint a pretty picture that it's just, you know, People can see when the oil, the oil is dripping, you know, on the canvas, and that's the discussion that we had. So, yeah, uh, prior to this, and um, you know, that's I just I always like to be real no matter what because that's I don't, I don't know I just feel like I grew up in the industry, so being able to put out my shortcomings is a way to be able to be relatable. But at the same time, you know, I think it is important that people pay attention a little bit more to my accolades versus my shortcomings because. You know, I was able to uh, essentially pull myself out of the gutter a couple of times throughout my 20s. I mean, I went to rehab a couple of times and uh, finally got it right, you know. And then two and a half years later, here I am. I own my own house for the first time. You know, I have lots of assets. I'm, I'm very comfortable. And, uh, you know, I'm working with other artists. I'm putting out other artists, you know, projects, signing them to my label. Exactly what, you know, I hoped would happen, you know. It's it's happening and it's, it's happening. You know, it's still gonna take a lot of work, and you know, a jack of all trades is a master of none. So I do like having a good team around me. You know, I have uh, publicists. I don't really like deal with publicists very well, because they always want to have some sort of phony narrative. You know, and some sort of like you know, hey, you know, everything's great. Like, and it's that's not how the cookie crumbles. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was going to ask you, because you are one of the most honest people out there, do you feel that throughout the years your honesty has come back to bite you in the butt at all? Because you say Every fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> Every time, dude. And it's Every weird time. because I feel like America, that's what we want. We want people to be honest. We want them to say how raw and real their life is. And then at the same time, half the people then criticize them for being real and honest. And – you know, it sucks because I'm sitting here and I'm like, damn, this, you know, going back and just reading about your life, like you've had some huge ups and you've had some big downs. And I and I got to imagine that's hard to do in front of the public. It is. Uh, but it's also, um, you know, um, there, there's a lot of humility behind it. So and it's and it's it's humbling and it, it, it allows me to appreciate what I have and what I've worked hard for. And not at, like not everything was necessarily just given to me, you know, and I, I, I might have started off that way. But then when I turned 18 and my parents divorced and they're not my managers, I had to rebuild and I had to, you know, figure out how to, you know, just be my true authentic self. And, you know, it might be a little, you know, intense for people to, to hear and like, like, oh, there's always drama and this and that. But at least I'm transparent and 
I'm an honest human being, whether I'm in the in, in the right or in the wrong. And my main my main objective is, you know, sometimes I'm trolling people too. Like, you know, I like I am a master troll. So and I, I dealt with so many people clickbaiting me last year that I was just like, I've had enough of all of you motherfuckers. Excuse my language, but like No, go for it. I've had enough of all you people and all you, you know, media outlets that I'm gonna clickbait you guys all the time and give you fake news left and right and make you look like idiots. And that's exactly what I did. Like I I filmed an episode of Trailer Park Boys in Canada after I got um, the first restraining orders on me uh, from my, my family. And I I said, uh, oh, I, I took a picture because I did the jail episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be coming out with Trailer Park Boys. And I took a picture of myself in an orange jumpsuit with, with sneakers on. And I said, oh, they didn't let me cross the border. And 50 blogs pick up on it. And I'm like, <laughs> stupid idiots. So, <laughs> like, exactly. Like. You're qu- so quick to, to jump at some drama. Okay, here, let me make you look stupid. So eventually you just stop and maybe you'll just, you know, you can just appreciate, you know, me for what I am, you know? Like, I, I, know, I know this industry like the back of my hand. This is all I know. This is all I've done. So I know the people. I know the snakes. I know the sharks. I know the fish. I know the ponds. I know the, you know, I know all of that stuff. So if people want to play games with my career and try to discredit me, then I'm, I'm going to flip that right back around on them. Playing my game and not the other way around. Yeah, no, and I think I think it's interesting, and I think it's some. You're, you're. I agree with you. There's sometimes people. There's, you know, they some in the industry. Some people use you, and they're like, okay, we're gonna go after you. But then some people, because they're honesty, they kind of put them on a higher pedestal, you know. And why do you think sometimes they come after you rather than you know just an example like Justin Bieber for his mistakes? All of a sudden he does a mistake, and we kind of praise him. But when it comes to you, they kind of go after you. That's a good question. You know, sometimes I, I wonder about that. And um, But sometimes there's a monopoly so that goes on in the industry. So when there's two people that are kind of alike, like me and Justin Bieber, sometimes there's, you know, politics behind it where they want to keep one down to make the other one look better. So, and essentially, that's what a lot of people have tried to do with my career and is try to, like, boycott it and discredit me or keep me shelved so I can make another, you know, somebody else that... I set the bar for, you know, to uh, be superior to me so that, you know, look at the difference. You know what I mean? Like, um, like when I dropped my album, uh, Love the Love album, Billboard did an article on me and it, it was really nice. Talked about, you know, all that stuff. And then the next week later, they do an interview with Aaron, Aaron Rosenberg, Justin Bieber's attorney. And the first one of the first questions was, is how did you get Aaron, uh, Justin Bieber to not turn out like Aaron Carter? Wow. So and then. You know, or I produced a record and I come back 10 years or 15 years later after not having music and then people are trying to discredit me. Oh, you know, shows what good producers can do. Well, good thing I had a really response for you. Well, good thing I'm the producer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. My whole thing was, it's like if, if, if I was going to come back out, I wanted to be a true artist and do it myself and not have everyone else do it for me. And if I failed, the failure was on me. But if I succeeded. It's all you. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. I could, find, I could be like, you know what, man, I did it. Like, I, I did the impossible. Like, no matter what anybody said, dude, before I did this music, and re- I had to release this music independently for people to see how popular I still am and how many fans I am because I got a million streams or three million streams in like a minute and broke the top 50 bo- viral Spotify charts as soon as I released it independently. And every la- label comes knocking on my door then. And I'm like, 
I remember all you guys in the last 10 years, like I've been coming to you with different music and nobody believed in me as a producer. Nobody believed in me. And that that's okay because I'm a fire sign. I'm Sagittarius. So anybody that like, you know, wants to, you know, criticize or, or discredit me in any way, I take that and I turn that negative into a positive. I'm like, all right, cool. Keep telling me I suck at it and I'm going to get better. <laughs> like, keep telling me I can't pop a wheelie on this dirt bike and I will do a backflip tomorrow. Like, you know what I mean? On this dirt bike. Like, essentially. I Listen, I think that's so cool, man. And I agree with you. There's a lot of politics in the industry that people who are not industry don't realize it. You know, when it comes to some of these music artists, there's teams around them that campaign for them. And basically, you know, again, this is my opinion. They tell society, they tell the labels, they tell the radio stations, hey, you don't like this person? This person's the biggest star. How do you not like this person? So it's, you know, we see those campaigns that kind of go into it. So, dude, I I, I agree with you, man. There's a lot more to it, though, too. The, in 2020, there's, there's, there's internet moderators that work for the blogs and all of these people and they create this uh this facade of all of these likes on pictures and all these likes on youtube and then a, a star is born and created when it's not even real and so there are i've i've been learning that like within what i've been doing like with my little like secret black web documentary i've been learning that there's so there's a lot of internet moderators that work for these people so they can either like make or break you and i called out so many of them in like the last year and I saw everybody being put to work and smear campaigns and all that stuff. I'm like, all right, you play your game. And, you know, like, you're still not going to, like, when I drop my music and when it comes out, it's still not going to make a difference. Like, I, you know, but I just am letting you guys know and the world and everybody out there that you don't realize that, and maybe you do, like, maybe you see, oh, buy likes and buy followers. And, you know, well, those come from accounts that were deactivated that are now run by moderators. And, and that work for the bigger industries and, and the labels and, and go out there and create narratives on Twitter and commentary that people believe in mass. And it's, it's insane. It's, uh, there's a lot of phony facade stuff going on. And that's why I choose to like, be like, yo, I remember when I started in 1996, there was no internet. Yeah. And I sold 10 million records before I turned 10 years old on my first album. So... And that was before the internet. And so sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe maybe I just need to take a step back, you know, from from that stuff in and, and regroup, recollect myself. You know, I've been dealing with a lot of um, family issues, as you know, you know, a lot of stuff in the public. And, you know, I, I know that that's like a, you know, a, a sensitive subject, but it's definitely something, you know, that I just I want to send that message out there to my family. You know, I. I I love them. I wish them nothing but the best. And like, I just hope that they get the help that they need, you know, and and find the happiness that they deserve. Yeah. Instead of, you know, trying to, you know, come at the little brother all the time, you know, and picking on me. Like, <laughs> don't happen. Where did that all start? Because I know that has been really highly documented and all the blogs and everything that's gone down in the court. You know, like, where did things start to go south so much? Because it's, you guys were so close. You guys did your reality show. No, no, Nick and I were never close. It just, it just looked like that? Don't get it twisted, don't get it twisted man. No, 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 it's all good. I mean, like, sorry, you know, because I have a little emotion yeah, about that. Like, no, dude, the, people think that my relationship started to go sour with my sister and my family last year. You guys are very wrong. Everyone, like, not you guys, but, like, everyone's very wrong. It went, it started going sour when... I started selling records 
And my mom was with me all the time. And there were, and I don't know if there was, you know, maybe, you know, some issues with my mom being with me all the time and not being with them, you know, on tour. And, you know, me being the kind of like highlight from my mom and my dad because they never got a chance to manage the Backstreet Boys and my brother. So do you know what they did? In spite of that, they put me into the industry. I didn't choose music, it chose me. They put me into it. I was put into a music school when I was like six and seven years old and I was I had a rock band called Dead End and I was singing Nirvana, Bush, um, and like Glass Jaw and like punk music and like, you know, like Tom Petty. And then I get catapulted and all of a sudden, boom, like I'm this little kid and here I am jumping in the back of like my, oh, like this thing is incredible. Like I, like jumping in the back of my, my, my mom made this for me, like jumping in the back. This was the first 250,000 units I sold. And this, this was in 1997. So, so you're saying that it was started just like either jealousy that you were getting the attention from your family or just success when you had a sibling who was clearly very successful and you were starting to impede on that? Is that kind of what I'm getting out of it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've always looked up to my brother. So I always looked up to him vocally. I always looked up to him as big brother. Um, was he a tough big brother? Yes. Um, you know, he was he, he was a punk, <laughs> you know, and some little brothers, that's a, that's a typical story, you know, that's cool. But like, you know, I grew up and, and um, it's, you know, I don't know, you know, my, my, my brother kind of feels, I think, entitled that uh, for the responsibility of my career because I, was, I opened up for the Backstreet Boys. Um, my, the, I did Crush on You, my first single, and I went and opened up for the Backstreet Boys in Germany in front of 50,000. First time I ever performed was in front of 50, 52,000 people at an open air concert in Germany. And got myself ready for that, and then I got signed to a record label the next day. Yeah, you got you did that huge concert, and that's when you got the deal right after you did that one song with Edo Records, and that album was done with Lou Pearlman, yeah, the guy you know that did all the stuff, and um, you know I actually got some pretty cool news. Jason, dead? No. Well, we'll get to it soon. Um, but the, I, I have some some cool stuff I'm gonna be, be talking about with some um, some album stuff, you know, that not a lot of artists are able to do. Let's just say that. It's crazy to hear. Yeah, it's crazy to hear that you and your brother were never really that close. Because I remember you guys recorded a song together for one of your albums. Uh, you guys did. I think maybe it was MTV Cribs together. Let me let me let me let me, let me put it into perspective. I love my brother, but his solo projects never held a candle to mine. And that's a fact. On my third album, Oh Aaron, right here, the plaque that says right there on the wall, by the way, it says presented to Nick Carter, because I kept it uh, for him. But at the end of that album, it promotes my brother's solo album. Yeah. And they made me do snippets saying, hey guys, here's my, you know, here's little clips of my brother's album coming out. I sold four, five, six, seven million on my albums. He sold like one million on his album solo. You know what I mean? Well, I gotta so imagine it, that that was probably difficult for him because he was so successful. He steps away from a band. You are now his little brother, just shooting up the charts. That was, 
I gotta imagine that was probably a mental fuck for him, right? Featuring on, on my songs. Not too young, he started featuring on it. Oh, Aaron, he was featured on it. And, like, he was he was featured on my projects. And, like, that was, it was fun. I mean, it was cool, but I don't feel like I got, like, when we were doing the music videos together, when we were on stage together performing, doing that, I didn't feel like my brother was, like, really there with it, in yeah. it with me. You know, I felt like he, it was, like, an underlining, like, competition and that's fine like i mean we used to play mortal kombat back in the day and if i ever kicked his ass he'd kick my ass you know what i mean yeah yeah hello guy kick my ass <laughs> like, <I> was, like, <laughs> like <laughs> coming here if you gonna kick my ass like that's me so i was like i just can't kick my brother's ass in mortal kombat everything will come here to kick my ass so like i was just like <laughs> like but i i love but at the same time like that 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 toughness and i mean we grew up with a military policeman father you know what i mean very rigid like that toughness it gave me a tough skin to get through my 20s man and, and go through things like drug addiction and be able to uh over overcome those and and learn like okay what's important about drug uh overcoming drug addiction i'll tell you the first thing the aftercare the most important thing people are good inside rehab but when they get out and they go back to the same environments, that's where they screw up. That's where I've made my mistakes a couple of times. So that's why my circle got smaller and my vision got larger, if that makes any sense. And it's just about the music, but at the same time, like you see how it goes. Like you see people pay more attention to drama, right? Than they do to like things that are good. No one wants to be able to say right now that I have almost a half a, half a billion streams on my album Okay, and almost two million records sold on an album 15 years later coming back. No one wants to, it, they don't want to talk about that. You know what I mean? And that's why I appreciate how you started it. You're like, yo, sooner or later is dope. And I'm like, thank you. Like, when I was making that record, it was about a girl uh, that, that I dated, and uh, I literally was just writing the songs to tell her how I felt. Her name was Lee. I had Dear Lee departed, wrote Fool's Gold. Like, I mean, like, that, that stuff is real to me. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I wrote it. I, I I wrote the song "Fools Gold" out of a, a gem, and then sooner or later, I wrote that because I kept getting like, you know, flung around in relationships and not finding the right girl. That like like love languages are a real thing. You know what I mean? Like uh, I've learned that having like my DJ told me DJ Vince, uh, shout out DJ Vince, um, uh, just DJ Vince. Um, dude, there's love languages, and that's why it's tattooed all over my face. It's the brand. I mean, I, I mean, I have my love collection brand. Like, I mean, hey Jay, can you grab me one of the sweaters? Like, I mean, I have my love collection brand. Like, I do my, you know, like it's all about love for me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like my, the name of my album and then just everything. So let me ask you this, though, Aaron. You're talking about love. I mean, do you, you know, right now at this current moment, do you, you know, you obviously you and your family, you're going through some stuff. Do you love your brother? Oh, of course. Of course. Do you, do you think wish them any harm? I think it's you know I was a little I was a little hurt by the immaturity behind the statement that he released, you know, and uh, but you know onward and upward for me, you know, because yeah. I know I know um, I know where my you know loyalty and my character and where my dignity you know lies within myself, and uh, I'm not, I'm not afraid of my truth and everybody knows that about me now especially after being is, on American Camp. There, I mean I murdered I killed that show I was the star of the show biggest season of the show biggest star on the show 
Like, yeah. Anytime I go on people's stuff, I'm their, I'm their biggest ratings. Like, that's just how it works. And that's not, you know, I like that. And I, I you know, I'm, I do this. I'm a ham, dude. I, I'll do, I, if I have someone with a camera on me, I'll do a backflip in front of them. I, I did that when I was a little kid. Like, I showed you a picture of me jumping on the trampoline because they couldn't get me to, like, do any sort of normal poses. And I was like, I'm not getting off the trampoline. Finally, they just used one picture of me jumping up in the air. Like, yeah. so... You know, and, and, and love is a, it's, it's such a, it's such a bitch, man. Like, um, you know, I found myself in so many, like, I have a bad picker. You know, my therapist tells me, it's like, dude, you got a bad picker, dude. Like, you know, my manager tells me that, Jason, like, yeah. you got a bad picker, dude. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> and, and I just live and I'm learning and I'm, you know, there's, you know, uh, some, some crazy stuff going on right now. Say, your, so, your love life has kind of been covered a lot lately with your relationship oh, wow. with like, ridiculously right like it's like, like i can't like i live 70 miles outside of la and they get me everyday paparazzi well so that's the thing so you know what 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 happened with i know you and melanie obviously had a pretty up and down relationship there was a lot of covered in the news with her getting arrested for domestic violence she's saying well you guys coming out saying that she was pregnant and then you were together then you're not together like what? What is the the real story? What what's happening with you guys? Done? Uh, yeah, I mean it's you know you you can't keep uh, you can't keep repeating the same thing trying to you know you know the definition of insanity as everybody knows. And I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not gonna say anything ill. Um, what uh, like do I have? Uh, am I upset? Of course. Uh, do I feel taken advantage of? Absolutely. Um, I felt like I was with somebody that didn't look me in my eyes, didn't communicate, didn't wasn't real, wasn't organic, was doing things behind my back that she shouldn't have been doing, making promises she couldn't keep. You know what I mean? And then me forgiving and then trying to move on, giving a second chance and that second chance failed. All right. So after the arrest and all that stuff, like the second chance and that second chance failed because it was the same shit, different toilet. Like I, I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, like try to convince the world, you know, that try to prove the world something when I'm already innocent. Like I, you know, not a, I'm not a cheater. Have I cheated before? Absolutely. But I didn't cheat. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not a cheater. You know what I mean? So like, well, my, my, my question is like me being a father, I know that it's, it's tough to bring kids in the world. Are you nervous that it's going to be tough because of your situation with her being, a father, but maybe not necessarily getting along with someone because she is posting a lot online about being heartbroken and I feel like blaming and all this stuff. Do you feel like that is a hard situation to bring a kid into the world? I'm going to make a great father regardless of the situation. That's a good answer. So, uh, uh, and, you know, that's kind of where, you know, that's pretty much like Forrest comes in. That's all I got to say about that, you know, like, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I, I'm, I might not be a smart man, but I know what love is. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you excited to be a dad? And if I stand like Forrest Gump like this too and say, I'm a, I'm a smart man, but I do know what love is. Walk, walk away from Jenny, I'll walk away from Jenny, okay? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not... I'm not gonna keep chasing after Jenny my whole life. Sorry, Forrest. I love you, but you, not so much. <laughs> are you excited to be a dad? Like I said, I'll make a, a great father, and um, you know, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, like, if that's <laughs> the actual situation, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see in uh, 
you know, however long, you know, from this time. Are you worried that that's not the actual situation? Uh, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that answer should give you an inkling. All right. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Is that what gives you fear that you think that possibly that you might not be the father? That there could be someone else involved? <laughs> you are not the father. Well, no, I, I was taking it. Is she not even pregnant? Um, is well, that I mean, to stay in the picture, to keep you in the picture? Uh, I mean, that, that, plot, that, 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 that picture is out, yeah. Interesting. The jury. The jury is still deliberating? <laughs> the jury is still, yeah, they are still, uh, you know, in their quarters and waiting for, to, to, you know, find me in contempt of court again. Mm. So. Oh, my gosh. That's interesting. All right. I'm loud now, guys. You know me. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's fun because it's like I, people are so much more entertained by you being your real self than being some weird douche that's like, hey, look at everything, some perfect. Like, yeah. what are you, Sesame Street? No, like, fuck out of here. Yeah, you're not a robot. No, I have to tell you honestly, when you went on the doctors and you were so honest about yourself, dude, that shit was so hard. That, that shit was no, hard dude. To do. I give you I, such props. I mean, such props not people can't that's a hard thing to do and I, I think when you're the audience and you're sitting back and watching you're like okay someone's just talking but like to have the courage to come out and say hey these are the issues that i've been dealing with my life and these are the way these are the reasons that i am the way i am that took a lot of balls it really did you know what I, i'll tell you uh i thought it was a I, I do things that maybe people might not always agree with you know um like like sometimes my manager and I, we don't agree, but at the end of the day, like if he's like, yo, this isn't for you, you're not doing it, like I'll be like, okay, yeah, I'll listen to you. I'm like a, a voting system type of thing. But with the doctors, it, I think it was a, I think it was a very, you know, I'm going to say thank you to, to all the doctors, Dr. Phil, everybody who runs the show, um, you know, everybody for helping me change my life, you know, and, uh, and believing in me, you know, and it, it's working. <laughs> It's, it, it shows how powerful it is when, when people just believe in you and they just say, hey, you know, you did great today. You know, you're, you're beautiful. Uh, you know, I, you know, it's just even those, those, those simple things. But like I learned so much, guys, in, in rehab and I was completely taken away from, <clears throat> from the world <clears throat> and, and immersed around people who were drug addicts and recovering drug addicts and recovering alcoholics. And a lot of them were in a statistic that they were never going to be able to get themselves to a better place. And when I went on the doctors and I was like, man, I'm, I'm putting my blood test out there and I don't even know if I fucking got a disease or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I haven't hooked up with a girl my whole life. Like, you know what I mean? I, I went 10 years without getting a blood test. And I got a blood test and I got the results on the TV show. Yeah. If I had HIV or AIDS, so I can prove to people, yo, I'm not dying on HIV, AIDS. I don't do this. I don't smoke crack. I don't do meth. I don't do nothing like that. I have a hiatal hernia, which is a serious medical condition. And I was diagnosed with it at 19 years old. It's the stress condition of like an 80-year-old man, which makes your weight fluctuate back and forth. It makes it hard for you to eat. And it's it's a, a thing I've been dealing with my whole life. And if I don't, if I don't, and anybody else out there, there's a lot of people who have this condition. And a lot of people don't understand them either. And the way you can understand them is, is by trying to uplift them because you know how that saying stress kills. Well, dude, I'm 
I've got a con medical condition from stress. From starting so young, by the time I reached 19, my body felt like it was in an 80 year old, it lived an 80 year old man's life. You know what I mean? So, and then fluctuating weight back and forth. It was on coke, on this. No, I never did anything like that. Never did anything, never touched anything. I mean, I, I did cocaine for a little bit when I was like 17 and like 19 for a little, like a little bit, a little ecstasy, like when I was younger, like, you know, got to some bad things when I was like 15 and 16, like dealing drugs and stuff like that. When I was like making these albums, like, like, you know, just being a little thug for no reason, you know what I mean? So like, but I am very grateful to the doctors and I'm, I'm, I was very humbled and it did it. It was like I got backlash from people who were still drug addicts that wanted me to be that bird that flocked with their feather, you know, that flocked together. So and I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I couldn't have triggers in my life, you know, and some of the main triggers were was that, you know, oh, I don't own a home. You know, what do I have to show for my whole career? Like and now, like a lot, all these plaques, man, they came from my dad's house that when he died, after he died, he sold the estate because he was running out of money. He sold all of my plaques and my drum set that I played on Cribs. I got right here, this cheetah drum set. My my drummer, PDP, gave me this. It's been played with Prince, Janet Jackson. I mean, everybody in the book that you can think of. Like Michael Jackson on stage. That's my drum kit right there. Like, And that, I played it on Cribs, and this lady calls me after my dad died and is like, hey, you, a lot of your stuff is in the house if you want to come get it in upstate New York. Like, feel free to come get your stuff. So I got my jump kit, like my some of my dad's racing clothes, his suit, some of his lighters, some of my grandma's jewelry, like you know stuff to memorabilia to bring back to other uh, other of my family members. This is my 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 DJ mask. So when I when I do DJ gigs, nice. yeah, I'm I'm so I'm like the gold face mysterious like guy like DJing up there doing crazy ass like. Like DJing shit, so I, I don't play. I, I, I'm I'm like a serious DJ. Like I I do. I'm a real DJ. I'm not a yeah. I, I'm I'm not a DJ Paulie D. I'm oh. a, I'm a real <laughs> so let me ask you this though. So currently, right now, you are sober, correct? Absolutely. I mean, I, how long have you been sober for? That's all what you define as sober. Do I smoke weed? Yeah. Do I have a little bit of uh, uh, red wine here and there? Yeah. Um, I smoke weed every day, <laughs> but yeah. I'm an advocate for weed. I think that it's helped me get off of what I went to rehab for, and it and it, and it it's helped me have a, a a balance. Sure. You know. That's. My vice is like cigarettes, um, coffee, and trying to switch up the green tea, green tea matcha instead, so it's healthy caffeine. Like, you know, I'm trying to just take the steps to 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 move, you know, to keep that sobriety up because I went to rehab for huffing. Yeah. So that's what I went to rehab, and I hid it from the public. I'm so embarrassed. I was like, this is, this is, this is so embarrassing. Like, this is like, <laughs> like equivalent to somebody who does smoke crap or does, you know, it's no different. It was horrible. It was, it was horrible for me. I was, in, I was in How did you get into that? Cause I've always like, I've, I've seen documentaries on people that do that. And I'm always interested to see like, how, how did that come about? That, that crazy ass girl on intervention. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Ann, uh, what was her name? Uh, Paniche, Carrie Ann Paniche? Paniche? Oh, that's my ex. Yeah, I Yeah, no, I thought that was, was she the one who got you in or before that? Like, or No, no, I got I got into that um, when I was like 16 in Florida, just being adolescent kids. Like that was, it was one of my siblings that got me into it. Wow. So, and then some fucking way I 
found a way to be addicted to it. I'm like, what? And I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And then the only person that was helping me was my manager, Jason, who's also my best friend. Well, he's the only person like, dude, you're going to rehab. And I'm like, no, I'm screaming like, oh, and finding me in bushes and all kinds of weird shit, dude. Like, like I put people through hell and I apologize to everybody that like, you know, I don't, I'm not a believer in all the 12 steps, but you know, making amends, you know, and you know, for your shortcomings to your, you know, the people that you've hurt, like those steps, I, I, I agree with. So, and you know, so, so anybody that I did hurt, you know, through those processes, I'm sorry that, you know, I did hurt you, but it is a disease and it's something I have to maintain on a daily basis. And, you know, you can tell when someone's using when you, when they're not, you know, you can, by the way they talk, by the way they, you know, they're able to interact with you, keep up with what you're saying. Like I, I can go on, but I can also go right back to where the start is of what you guys were saying. Sure. Like, how many people do you feel because you're so honest will blame you and say, oh, well, he must be on something because he's so honest because he says things that most people wouldn't say when they're sober. Well, well it puts it. Well, when you do that, when, when you're constantly trying to prove yourself, like what I've been doing, it makes you look guilty. It makes you look guilty. So I'm, I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I have nothing to prove to you guys anymore. Like I've done it already for 23 years. I've given my life to entertain and please people and I love it. I love it and I'm great at it. I got great at it because I had a vengeance and a vendetta to be like, I'm going to be the greatest. Michael Jackson did not give me his jacket and say, you are, when I pass away, you are the king of pop for no reason. I broke his Guinness Book of World Records with that first album I just showed you for being the youngest male solo artist to have four consecutive singles in the top 10 billboard charts at the same time. I beat Michael Jackson's record. And one of the songs was one of his old records when he was young, One Bad Apple. So, and he found out about that. And then boom, he knew about me. Next thing I know, I'm nine years old, you know, hanging out with Diana Ross and Michael Jackson in Paris for Christmas, you know, hanging out with Evan, skating and, you know, and then years later, he asks, you know, me and my brother to come in to do a charity song called What More Can I Give? Uh, so tell me what more can I give? So it was like, it was a beautiful song. It's like you know, one, one of his, you know, and he brought in like Luther Vandross, Celine Dion, <laughs> uh, Usher, my, me and my brother. And like, that was it. Beyonce and like, and insane. And that was it. And But I got to be a part of that. But I, Michael saw a lot of himself in me. A lot of the family, he even told me, sat down. It's like, dude, he's like, be careful. Your family is a lot like my family, and I don't want you to end up like, you know, with no family and feeling like because that's what's going to happen. You got to understand, Michael was the youngest of his family too. Yeah. When he came out, when he came out with an album, you know, and it's like me last year when I came out, I'm like, yo, hold up, you ain't gonna test me, you ain't gonna do this. Everybody started attack attacking me. When Michael Jackson came out with like, he came out with Off the Wall first, right? thriller and then um bad so he was trying to make a uh, uh, sending a message that don't mess with me and then he got messed with so hard that the next thing you know he's singing songs about human nature and healing the world and earth song and you know what i mean and doing charity stuff so he switched it around you know what i mean and i'm not ready to do that yet i'm not i'm gonna keep fighting back like i'm gonna keep fighting back and but there comes a uh, there comes a, a time where it's just like, yo, you know, you, you, you know, it's a, a, a lose-lose situation. I can't win, can't lose, you know. I, either I'm too fat, too skinny, too this, too that. Voice doesn't sound good. It's not you singing it. You didn't make yeah. it. 
and I made the record. It's like, you know, so I have no problems with just, just continuing to try to transcend, learn from what's happened, and and stay on the straight and narrow, because that's what keeps me being able to pay for my mortgage. You know, not rent, my mortgage. Uh, you know have the, the the luxuries that I have in my life and, and and also avoid the drama. That's why I'm not in LA guys. I'm in I'm I'm selling this house and I'm moving out of this house and I'm probably moving back to Florida or something, you know, where because I don't need to be in LA to have my career. Like I'm a touring musician. I'm a touring artist. So I do 150 plus shows a year. Every year. So and in big crowds, 20,000, 25,000, 15,000 a pop. Like I'm back to doing that stuff again. And people can't Accept it. It's like, but the fans still yeah. show up. People are people want to see. Because they want yeah. To, and I see the, all of them in the car like this. <laughs> and then they come up to me after. They're like, "Dude, I came here to see you be weird, but you're good." And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, "Thanks, man. I pre-, I'm like, "Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it." Like, well, is yeah, that I already knew you came here. People are like almost coming to see you fail and you have to like prove yourself You're like what the fuck like i proved myself for 20 years give me a break yeah but that's that's the beauty of it though that's the beauty because they don't know what to expect they don't know if i'm gonna come on there and and you know do some cheese pop stuff or you know have some dancers but i go up there and i'm a one-man band i have my show i produce my show on stage in front of the crowd at the same time whilst performing and playing all my synths and doing everything like and literally i'm my music director i'm a one-man band on stage i have a drummer behind me you know that so it gives a little alternate alternative vibe and then i play all of the plucks and keys and the synth leads and the bass lines and everything and i have them split on my keyboards and i'm running the session through my logic and like that's how i run my show yeah i want to ask you this though like you know, based on your energy and stuff like that, I, I'm, I'm curious what drives you. Is it what drives you like to prove people that, hey, man, I've fucking, I've been killing it for all these years? Is it I just want to entertain people? Is it like what drives Aaron Carter? I think what drives me is negativity. <laughs> I want to turn anything that's negative into a positive. I grew up um, going through artist development. So real hard people being like, yo, do that dance again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. You know what I mean? So the, the more criticism and the more fuel you add to a Sagittarius's flame, like the, 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 the better we're going to do. But do you, do you approach so – my question is though when you do it with that – and that's totally fine. Trust me. I do the same thing. I, uh, you know, when I hear – some things I'm kind of gravitated towards a blocked door and I want to drive to prove people wrong. But from my personal issues is sometimes when you do it that way, you approach with anger and you feel anger with it rather than just pure like love, like you say, which is your brand and entertainment. Do you feel like there's anger behind it, which kind of ruins you and hurts you in some ways, too? Of course. I mean, there's I'm a, I'm a human, you know, I'm not afraid yeah. of being human and uh, and human uh, not afraid of being human comes with human emotions and anger is what happens to be one of them and or, you know or uh, a lot of them, but yes, uh, to answer your question, um, sometimes the anger, it, 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 you really can't get really anywhere with it. And I've tried to use it and I've tried to be ang- angry a little bit, but I try to spin it around into some like when I'm making music. For some reason, I make really pretty music when I'm sad and I'm hurt. The Love album, sooner or later, dude, I was, so sad. Great song. Great song. Sooner or later. Great song. I was devastated. It was, I was living in Malibu, renting a house 
it started raining and I, I came up with the notes uh, like it was really really quick really simple you know I came up with the notes on my keyboard and it, it was just it was raining I was sad and I wanted to like express um, my pain and 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 almost write like like letters but in songs and so I've I've used you know this uh, this stuff as like you know as as ways to hold on one second um, I've used it as 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 ways to like motivate me but it's it's not working you know it, it's it's not working in my personal life maybe career wise I do great and people watch me and I you know get three four million profile visits you know every week on my Instagram but at the end of the day it's not it's not benefiting me as a person so I I wanted I want to I would like to start doing music that's good because I guarantee you, most people listen like sooner or later, but they hear the beat. They don't hear the pain behind the actual lyrical content that I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I was talking to one girl, like saying, you know, these past days and past nights, walks walks under streetlights, something don't feel right, sooner or later she'll be trips to Chicago. Girl was from Chicago. Don't call me crazy this time tomorrow. You leave me, I follow, I got the tables, I bought, bought the bottles. Sooner or later, she'll be walking away. I got something to, to say to her. Sooner or later, she'll see what's inside. I put something away for her, like dancing on the table. She was my backup dancer. Yeah. And and it was somebody that didn't love me. And that's why I got I got the neck tap first. So this came from that one. Well, you know what, dude? <laughs> okay. Actually, it's came from another now one. getting into the tattoos, it's crazy because there's, there's so much stuff to talk. You're such an interesting dude, and I really respect your honesty again. You know, when people start to see the face tattoos, which, you know, happened in the past few years, people start to think, oh, my God, Aaron, Aaron Carter is really now he's gone, lost it. What were your thoughts, you know, when you started getting the face tattoos? What was your reaction? Like, did you did you think how people were going to respond doing it or what made you decide to get the face tattoos? You know what? I've always talked about getting face tattoos. And honestly, like I I always get tattoos knowing <laughs> the intention that I can get them removed if I want. <laughs> like, you know, then they're, they're not permanent, like everyone says. But at the same time, I my my tattoos, they started off because I was such a little kid, like 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 scrawny little kid growing up, that I started getting tattoos all over me to like make me look like I'm tough. <laughs> so I like so like people wouldn't like mess with me, like and they and they stopped and then I just I started getting into like my body being a canvas. You know, I have my piano here, so that's like I have a microphone here, like piano here, microphone here, like, you know, so stuff that like signifies me. And then I have the two, the two doves basically looking for each other through my music. So that's like, you know, I'm trying to find the, the love of my life through that music, you know, so, but it, it's also, it's something that, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Sagittarius, but I'm a double cancer moon. So, which means that I am a very, very extroverted, but I'm also um, I'll, I'll, I put up very, very big defense mechanisms, such as the Medusa on my face. The Medusa on me means don't look at me the wrong way, or this bitch is going to look you in the eye and turn you into stone, motherfucker. <laughs> okay? That's what that means. That means stop clickbaiting me, okay? Because I'm going to turn you to stone. I'm either going to sue you or I'm going to clickbait the shit out of you and make ruin your rep, ruin blog's reputations. So, like, I will tear them down single-handedly. Yeah. So then I'm taking it as that face tattoo of Medusa is almost a defense mechanism. Then you're, you, you're saying, yeah, it's, it's fuck you guys. I'm going to put it on my face so that it's not ever covered up by a shirt. It's never covered up by a hat, you know, at all times. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you going to say about it? What are you going to, what are you going to say? You're going to, oh, 
You got a face tattoo? You're crazy? Okay, cool. No, you're crazy. This is my body, my life, my choices. What about the Melanie one over your eyebrow? That one coming off? <sighs> that what? That says mistake. <laughs> <I'm Melanie. laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Come on, dude. Like the the lengths that like that person went to. Like, I mean, I'm I'm getting blown up every single second right now while we're on with you guys. I've heard, please being James, blah blah blah, and it's just like, dude, like, come on, you know what I mean? Like, but you got a new girl right now, dude. I mean, what? Tell me about this new girl. I I I I. I would rather keep her as anonymous as possible. Okay. How is the relationship different than this relationship she's been in the past, though? Uh, like I said, I would keep it, I'd rather keep it anonymous, you know? Um, and both of us are going to take our time. And not, not, not super rushed, but we're going to spend our time together. And, uh, you know... And see where it goes. You know, it's so funny. Yeah. Right when we started talking and you were like, I do stuff just to plant seeds. That's what immediately came to my mind was like, oh, maybe he's just going out there <laughs> as he rubs his Medusa's Dude, face. trust me. She, she thought the same thing, too. She had yeah. her concerns. You know, right after. She's like, what do you like? I just hope that you're not just like, trying to, you know, do that. And I'm like, no, that's not how that, that happened. Like. I just happened to really click with somebody really quickly that actually understood my love language without me having to explain it to her and be like, can you do this and this and this and this for me? Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, like I'm getting relationships. Do you know how dudes are? But I, you know, can you call me baby? Like, where you going? Like, I love you. Why are you going to walk past me? Can you give me a hug? Like certain things like that. People, like some people understand love languages and some people don't and you can't force them. Like you can't tell, you cannot control the woman <laughs> like no, no matter what you do like you can't control a woman that's one thing i definitely learned and i have the utmost respect for women so you don't you don't see me with any sort of like background of domestic violence or anything like that you know what i mean i try to just be a good dude and when i find myself in bad situations try to get out of it you know what i mean and if someone isn't there for the right reason you know i, I gotta and i gotta, gotta be careful you know because of what I do. I don't ever like want to sit here and be like, I'm the, the biggest star and everybody knows me and bring, 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 bring. Like, you know, like, no, I don't look at it like I look at myself as a normal person and I, I treat people how I want to be treated. And it, it's uh, it's just a very peculiar situation, you know, um, and it could be interpreted so many different ways from both sides, but you see that there's, there's one person that won't stop talking about it and then me, I'm just like, hey, I, I'm, I'm onward and upward, you know what I mean? And I will say, you know, I try to give it a chance, try to, but it, it just didn't work, you know? The person didn't get it. So I'm not going to sit here, though, and go into details about the things that she's done. Like, she, you know, like, I'm not going to do that. It's not worth my time, you know? It's not worth my time. Because mm -hmm. it's unfair also to to anybody that I try to uh, just start a new relationship with, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, she don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> you know? Well, I want to ask you something that's making a lot of talk on the internet right now. And uh, your OnlyFans, uh, and a lot of people are doing that. People are making a lot of money during quarantine right now. They're copying me. I started it. And next thing you know, boom, 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 boom. Right after me. I did this side pose. 
on my album, The Love album, two years ago. Have you seen Justin yeah. Bieber's new cover? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, how is the OnlyFans experience for you so far? You know, I you know I I see a lot of females doing it because I notice them, but the you're you know you're one of the males that I know that are doing it. How is the experience for you doing OnlyFans? You know, the, they're really cool. They're, it's 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 a really uh, tight niche like fan base. You know what I mean? Really exclusive fans. Um, and you know, it, I have a lot of fun on it. You know, I'm it's but it's I like to do classy type of shots too you know elegant things you know you know elegant like teasing stuff or you know new uh, like nudes for people that are like want like special stuff just for them you know what i mean like that's kind of how it goes and and you know it's a very it's it's a, a very fun um like little like side thing to do you know i put pictures up just like i would like a selfie you know like on instagram but instead of i do stuff like that on only fans but i take it a little further you know so um, i can't get my own oh only fans deleted. I can get my my Instagram deleted. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I don't mean? know like, enough so, about OnlyFans. Is it is it really just put like racy photos or like what exactly is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's all about it's all uh, about the you know the kinky fun like sexy you know body like here's my body and I'm not afraid of uh, of what I am. But you being know? a celeb, are you nervous that like those photos will then leak out because it won't just be the fan? They're leaking everywhere, but I'm shutting them all down. I'm suing everybody that's that's leaking them. All of them are getting in trouble. So, so they're leaking they're leaking them everywhere, but that still doesn't take away from the fact that if you don't subscribe to the account, you're not going to get you're not you you'll get one or two leaked photos, but you're not going to get the full like everything. Like I my subscription members get something all the time. I, you know, I'm, I'm very interactive with my fans and their messages and, you know, like sometimes they get a little too kinky. I'm like, eh, you know, I, I don't know if I, I can do, I can't do that. <laughs> like, what, yeah. What's the craziest request you've gotten on OnlyFans? Oh, dude, you don't even want to know. No, we do want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, they love my feet. They love my feet. Like the soles of my feet. Like it's like a, a top seller. Feet really? worship, big thing. Dax told me about that. Yeah, I know. I'm familiar <laughs> you, with it. Like I don't know. I'm like, what is these? Like I don't know. I I don't have the foot fetish thing, so I don't get it. Do you, what's the ratio? Do you have more guys or more girls <laughs> as, on your OnlyFans account? Um, it's more guys. More guys. Yeah. I mean, I guess that makes it like the foot fetish thing. I could see that. Interesting. Yeah, and then you show you show Wang, you show penis. That's uh, you know, you're you're comfortable with that, man. The doorbell guys rings. like. Down. <laughs> <laughs> do you but do you you know something like that though do you think even when you do an only fans and you show your fucking penis do you think you know do you think that kind of takes away from people taking you serious you know like oh i'm gonna or it's just like no nah, fuck it i'm just having fun with it absolutely not because no dick pics were ever released of me ever or nothing like that in my life so i feel like it's a classy way of doing it and your shots are classy I mean, Dax told me about them. Like, it's their sexy about them. They're, you know, I got to. Yeah, no, I, gotta, I mean, they're, 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 they're artistic. They're artistic, you know, like a MIDI keyboard on, you know, like just like, you know, like. Yeah. My element playing the guitar naked, like, you know what I mean? Huh? Who takes the photos for you? Or is it a setup timer? No, I have like setup timer or something. <laughs> dude, people are making a ton of money on there, right, man? That's a big business. I mean, there's. People are doing very well with it, especially during quarantine and stuff. Um, you know, I remember you kind of came out a few years ago saying, like, I'm not, you know, you are. Or, did you free? Oh, you're still. OK. I remember you came out a few years ago that man, you were bisexual. Do, do you still consider yourself bisexual or are you 
completely straight or how does that work or how do you how do you label yourself um you know i, I like to keep that to myself <laughs> yeah 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 oh, interesting um during quarantine you know a lot of people have time to think and process people have kind of been alone now that you've been quarantined for so long do you think like have you have time to reflect on your your relationship with your siblings and well, your your brother and your family do you think that maybe do you feel confident that it could kind of go get to a really good place and a good medium for the both of you guys and just kind of build the relationship going forward? I've been quarantining myself from them for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I'm not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I've been quarantining myself from them for 10 years. Yeah. No joke. So like the, the relationship with them is just peculiar. It's off. You know what I mean? Just be cool, guys. That's all I ask my siblings. Yeah. Like, stop. Don't don't make up a bunch of cockamamie bullshit about me because you know who I am. You know I'm your little brother. So just love me unconditionally. And and don't file restraining orders against me. You know, but they did what they had to do. So, But it doesn't matter because in a few months I'm going to get my guts back and then everyone's going to move on with their lives and I'm going to get my way. And they didn't get their way. Yeah. Do you, what, about this, what about his kids, though? Like your nephew, you know, your – you know, your niece and nephews, do you feel like... Uh, I've seen my nephew one time, okay? And I've only seen Nick twice in the last 10 years. So, and then last year, I was, like, babysitting my sister's, my twin sister's new baby, and there's pictures of me on the couch with the baby, like, dude, and then they, they come out with, like, a, my brother comes out with a statement saying, you know, blah, 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 whatever, like, you know, I'm afraid, we're afraid, and Aaron's dangerous, and he has guns, and then, like, you know, he, he got his wife on the other, on the other, on the other hand, like, you know, in gun ranges and, and talking about they support guns, but then Nick's saying they don't support guns. It's like, make up your mind, guys. Like, you guys got fucking 38 specials in your drawers. Like, don't even don't even come at me, like, the wrong way. Like, I have, have every right for the Second Amendment. Our dad was a military policeman father. I was raised with guns properly. You know what I mean? So, like, and so, like, I am a believer in the Second Amendment, but it's not even about that. Like, it's just about, like, you know, like, I love them, and, and that's it. I'm going to keep it cool. I love them. You know what I mean? Am I... Uh, hurt and dis is it disheartening what um, you know I've been put through of course but that's not going to ever change the fact that I love them and you know forgiveness is divine but never pay full price for late pizza is there things that you feel you know lastly on this kind of subject is there things that you feel like you personally just we, we heard what he you know obviously but is there things that maybe you personally feel like you could have done better or maybe done differently to make the relationship better or you're just like over it no I think that's a question for my brother. Interesting. Well, dude, you know, I think people. people question for him. Yeah. 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 No, and last thing I just want people to realize what you've been doing as far as in the music scene. You know, not only are you making music, you're producing music, you're working with huge artists, you know, behind the scenes and making. You, were, you are a star and you're making other stars with your music. Tell me about some of the people you've been working with. Uh, well, I'm developing an artist, Dan Danica Bucci, right now. So she's absolutely incredible. Um, so her, her project is done and, uh, you know, just signing writers to my publishing company and, you know, building that also, uh, you know, just really focusing on, you know, masters and things like that and things that, you know, people don't really think about like that, you know, when they grow up and like I'm at that point where it's, it's you know, I can start taking those things back and, you know, um, like I, I'm just excited, you know, um, about the future, you know, with the, the new music that I got. Um, you know how I am. Like, I just drop things like out of nowhere. Like, you, like I like to be like unexpected. Like, oh, where did this come from? You know, boom. So that's kind of how 
you know, I'm, I'm going to do the album very secretive. You guys don't know if it's done. You don't know if I have 30 songs, 50 songs, like 100 songs, like, but, I like you it. Know, this is this or, yeah, full, cool. uh, full Beyonce move. This is great. I like it. Like, just drop an well, album out of nowhere, and everyone's like, whoa, shit. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, and then, and, then, and then we start the campaign, you know? Like, and then, you, but we drop it with, you know, a full production. The video drops at the same time, you know? Everything is done correctly. And... I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at the five, 10 year, 15 years, you know, uh, plans, you know, so keep doing my music, being a music producer, moving on to scoring movies, do, and then eventually when I'm older, conducting an orchestra and, you know, like scoring orchestra and uh, orchestrations and, you know, just taking it to the next level, like, and that's where I want to go with music, like, is where you guys probably would never expect me to go, like, yeah. scoring a movie, like, scoring, like, like I study like Captain Marvel and I study like, you know, like, you know, Zimmerman and, 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 uh, you know, Danny Alfman, like, um, Kowski, like, I mean, like everybody, you know, so like big time people, you know, and that's, that's, that's where like people don't understand. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe this, this guy has grown up, maybe he actually means business and can give us some, some good music for the world. And that comes from pain. And that comes from sorrow and that comes from love lost and that comes from love gain and that comes from and so i take all of those elements and that's what i put into my music it comes from pain you know i i don't know how else to express that to you guys that the it comes from love lost pain like things i communicate it like that like and that's what i'm going to continue to do i hope to see you up there on the oscar stage with your Medusa tat in full view, holding up your Oscar, saying, you know what? The pain of, and the struggles and the ups and downs of my life got me up here. I, I hope that for you. I wish that for you because that, that sounds like a beautiful next step in your career to, you know, hey, I, I don't always have to be known as this, you know, young kid who is up on stage singing I Love Candy. I have become so much more. I'm an executive producer. I, I make music. I produce music. I make other artists. I, I really, I wish the best for you on that. I hope you know, and I'm sure you know, there's a lot of people out there. There's You have a tons of fans, and we're some of them that are rooting for you, and we're in your corner because, dude, I mean, you're, at the end of the day, people should know you're, you are talented. You are, you, you've been talented for a long time. You're fucking crushing it. You've done, you've had insane success in the industry, and this industry is so difficult, but you've, You've, I mean, you've, dude, you've been with Michael Jackson and all these people you were just naming, the places you've traveled. I mean, it's fucking incredible. If, if you don't know how to respect, like, the industry and the, the consumer and, and how they view you, too, like, that's why you, people are always like, oh, don't be so concerned about other people's opinions, but the people who do it and it's coming from their fans, they, we want to make those people happy because they're engaging with us whether it's good or bad. And when it's bad, it, it's, it's something that stands out. We wanna be like, yo, hey, uh, like, what do I gotta, like, why are you saying that? Like, but, so I'm gonna make these haters believers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make them believers because I'm dope at what I do and, I, and, I, and, I'm, I, and I'm doing it. You know, I'm, I'm the one putting my, my blood, sweat, and tears into it. And so, and it's, and it's for you, it's for you guys. It's to impress you and say, yo, like, and to hear that from you, it meant so much to me. Like, when you start off, you know, dude, sooner or later, it was like, you know, like, that's such a great song, the last five years or whatever. Like, that meant so much to me because I worked so hard on 
an album that I didn't even expect to release. I worked on it just to to, to convey a message to a loved one. She didn't get it, and I had to move on with my life. And that's how the Birth of Love album came to fruition. I wasn't doing anything. I was just making records, and then I found a great team to work with, John Asher, and you know, and it was just we moved on from there. Got signed to Sony Records, and boom, off to the races again, dude. Off to the races, you know, back in the big leagues, you know. And that's all I wanted. I wanted to get that that stamp of okay, look, the majors will touch him again. That's awesome. So, where can people find you on social? You know, obviously, you know. Uh, just name, just my name, Aaron Carter. So, and uh, uh, Aaron, Aaron Carter official is um, Aaron Carter Music is my Facebook. I don't really go on. Yeah, Facebook. I don't blame you. <laughs> I'm, I'm really on. I'm really on Instagram. Um, I my YouTube is where really where I'm at. I do a lot of my production. A lot of the the sticky drama goes on on my YouTube. So, like. <laughs> Like if anything crazy is going on or people harassing me, whatever it is, I go on my YouTube right away and I put them on blast. I hear and you, man. Only fans, don't. And LMGTV, only fans. So LMG, TV 99 LMG is my fan base. Love Money Gang. That's what they call themselves. So like it's just like I have a, a you know, a really good fan base and they're tough, man. They're tough. They they don't let they don't let people get away with shit with me. <laughs> so, yeah. And they come in the mat, the thousands, like 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 a swarm of bees, like locusts. So watch out. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to see photos, even the Beyonce fans, the Beehive, nice. yeah, the beehive. yeah. I'm telling you, even the Beehive fans be hitting me nice. up. Nice. And they're like, back. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 but they knew, like, I toured with Destiny Child when I was when I was little. I I was dancing. They 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 were at my birthday party, man. I was dancing with 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 uh, Kelly. I was dancing with Beyonce, Beyonce and <laughs> like. On the dance floor, and she was laughing her ass off because she was like, I was just like a little, like, just like, who's this little white boy that's like, <laughs> <laughs> little white boy rapper? But it was, you know, I had a lot of great experiences. I toured with some incredible artists, you know, Destiny's Child, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, uh, you know, performances. I mean, I, I got to perform on stage with Jimmy Jameson from Survivor, Eye of the Tiger. I mean, you know, Cheap Trick came on stage and played I Want Candy with me a couple of times. So, amazing. Sorry, my housekeepers are here. No, no worries. <laughs> All good. No worries. So, dude, and if you want to see his feet, check out OnlyFans. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so check out OnlyFans, but, you know, let's keep the, you know, have fun with it. <laughs> I know. Dude, man, listen, thank you so much, yes, brother, man. You're, you. you're, you're a good dude, and we, we're rooting for you, and thank you for your honesty, and I hope uh, – people just are gravitating and check out his new music it's fucking killing it man it's really cool and if you want to check out other music go back and watch fools go god damn that music video and the song is so bum i directed that you know, uh, I, directed I didn't know you video. directed it but i love that I'm, song I'm, I, I'm so hands-on i directed the video i produced it i wrote it like <laughs> boom 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 go boom. watch it people like it's, it's a good one and so and like i'm like i'm like it cost me eight grand just to do the really piano. to get the like little letters or yeah. the keys to light VFX. up yeah vfx it took them like eight hours okay. to do that that's how like complicated that stuff that's is awesome. so it was it was incredible so and the metaphor behind it fool's gold like i found a gem uh i bought it from this malibu guy that sells gems in malibu and he's had this piece of of, of this rock limestone with a fool's gold in it so that's and then birth the birth of fool's okay. gold came from that well thank you aaron <laughs> we really do appreciate it buddy we wish you much luck and uh we'll keep up on we'll keep thank up on your life on instagram yeah man and uh check out the new music when it drops it'll come out of nowhere so and let's touch base uh, after i drop Sounds it good oh, love for it for sure dude that was awesome dax 
before I, I'm, I, I love when we get done with an interview. You know, when we have like, you know, when we have a guest on the podcast and we have an interview, Dex, I, 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 I respect your opinions. What was your thoughts on Aaron and the talk we had with him? I liked. I like that he was honest. I, I think that. You know, he he definitely has a different perspective on the, the industry than a lot of people because he came up when he was super young, super successful, you know. And so I think it was kind of a, a good chat. I really do. Um, I liked him. Um, and I think that he answered every question that we could possibly throw at him. I mean, there was a couple things, you know, he wanted to keep private, like his his situation with the new girl and all that. But I love that he trolls the media. I love that he trolls fans. You know, it's just, it kind of made me laugh inside that you've been doing it so long, you don't even care anymore. Do you have a different, um, do you have a different respect for him? Because obviously you didn't totally. know him going in, but now like, you know, you might have had an opinion of Aaron Carter before. Like we both said, we were fans of, his music, you know, and his kind of, he has had an interesting career, but now that you got to talk to him for a while, what is your opinion of the media on him? And what are your thoughts on him as a person? I I think he's misunderstood is really what it comes down to. And when I talk to someone like that, I realize how much people love to hate. And with what a lot he said, I, I thought that he sounded like someone that was really hurt by the years of hatred and people ragging on him and not feeling like he's good enough. And he's been beat down a lot. And that's kind of what I was getting out of that. He's kind of heartbroken under a lot of that and still searching for like love, whether that be love as a girlfriend, love from family members, love from the music industry, love from fans. Exactly. And I think he was missing that. And I think he's finally getting to the point where he's like, fuck it. That's not, that's not what's important to me. It's like, I need to love myself first and I think he's finally there. And so, I mean, I walked away feeling like I had a lot more respect for him because I didn't know him. I just kind of saw all the wild and crazy stories that always get published about him. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, I only see what I, I didn't have a relationship with him going in the past. So, and then, you know, you read the stories about him, like, is he going crazy? Is he going nuts? And he's very honest about his past drug use. And he also says during this interview that he is sober. So, you know, that's a definitely huge uh huge barrier so congratulations to him for staying sober and you know what again when i say sober he admits this you know ha- smoking weed and drinking and having a glass of wine every now and huffing then. He, he doesn't do the huffing anymore things that like put him into rehab Ex- he's like and he said you know the guy has dealt with extreme anxiety over the years so i think he was saying like look there's some things that i have to do to keep you know my body stabilized whether that be weed but He's not huffing. He's not doing that extremely negative stuff to his body anymore. Yeah. And so, you know, yesterday when I spoke to him on the phone, I didn't speak to a publicist. He called me directly and said, hey, listen, I heard, I, you know, I'm, hey, what's up, Adam? How you doing? Thanks for reaching out. You know, I would love to talk to you and Dax. And he was really cool. And he actually said, you know, feel free to ask me whatever you want. And like I said in the, during the interview, I thought that was really refreshing. And when I got off the phone with him, I called Dax immediately and I said, He's he's like you know again you had you know because you read about this stuff in the headlines you have this impression of someone I was like he doesn't he sounded great like what a nice guy like he was just a good dude and someone who I would sincerely hang out with like he just sounded like a great guy so I mean I wish him such continued success and I hope that everything in his love life works out I hope everything in his career works out 
And I hope people realize the success he's done. Like he's done some insane things in his career um, from working with some of the biggest artists in the world. And he's going to continue to do that. I have no doubt that he will continue to do that. Um, I just hope that he works out of more of that love than that anger because I know and I still do it myself that sometimes when you work out of anger, I don't know if things kind of work well in your favor. So I think uh, and he's aware of that, too. So it's not saying he's very aware of that. And he does, you know, he says anger sometimes drives him a little bit. But, you know, I just hope he maintains the love for what he's doing, the passion for making good music because he has a good ear for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for booking him. He was awesome. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to see what Adam is up to, find him on Instagram at Adam Glenn. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Twitter. You can find him on TikTok. You can find me at Dax Holt. And uh, we will be back for in in a couple days. I mean, we've been dropping podcasts left and right here. We're getting so many like good people that we're like, we can't hold this for a week. We got to put out two a week, maybe three a week. We so uh, we're we're having a lot of fun right now, and I, I think we're building up the speed and momentum. I think we told you at the beginning of the podcast to please leave a review, subscribe, give us stars, whatever you got to do. But it is, it, you know, it does not go unnoticed on our side. We are checking it. We're looking at it. So thank you for everyone who's been supporting us. We appreciate it. Is that it? Is that That's you it. have nothing left? I to got say? nothing left. I got yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you, you you're, you've you've spoken all of your words. Dude, I got nothing. I got to go for a walk. I uh, <laughs> yeah. Not to, I'm not gonna lie, Dax. The edible's starting to kick in. So I uh, <laughs> you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've all had me sober for so long, so it's starting to kick in. So guys, thank you for uh, listening. Subscribe. We got some good stuff coming in, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. A part of the media production.